Hello and welcome. We are your Sweet Valley Highnesses, Jasmine and Vanessa. Today we will be discussing book number 23, Say Goodbye, originally published September 1st, 1985. Okay guys, so we have some news. Number one, producer Candace is going to be playing at Splash House in Palm Springs for the second year in a row on Woo. Sunday, June 8th. Yeah! So... If you're in or near L.A. and you like pools and you like music and just having fun, then Mm -hmm. make sure you get tickets to see her and make a fun weekend out of it because the stages are all in pools and hotels and Palm Springs is just a treat no matter what, but especially during any type of big citywide party. I'm so jealous. I love Palm Springs. I love producer Candace's music. That sounds so fun. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. And, okay, news item number two. I am moving back to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. This won't really affect you all in any way, but I just wanted <laughs> to give you the visual of me as I am right now, sitting among approximately two billion half-packed boxes and two very, very angry cats. They're coming back with me. They're very angry that they have to go back in their traveling backpack for 5,000 miles. Well, not in a row, because she'll be staying with me in L.A. for a couple of days along the way. So our next episode or two, we might actually be in the same room. So that'll be fun. Live. Well, that's not what live means, but. Well, all right. So I think you guys all know that back in 1985, there weren't any fashion blogs. Yeah, because we were all still waiting for Nicholas Morrow's dad to invent the personal computer. Exactly. So, if you wanted to keep up with fashion, like our favorite twins, you had to read fashion magazines. Like, the kind old flat-faced Lila Fowler was told she'd never be on the cover of. Mm -hmm. Now, you guys know we love a scam, especially a glamorous scam committed by rich people against other rich people. There's nothing better. There's another one in the news right now, and if you can believe it, it centers on someone not named Anna Delvey. But it is about people doing some crazy shit for clothes. And we all love a good bling ring knockoff story. Mm -hmm, Okay, mm -hmm. so what happened is legendary Vogue editor Grace Coddington, she's amazing. No, we love her because she has a ton of extremely cute fluffy cats that look kind of like her. Yes. Because she has like really fluffy hair. And she also has an amazing autobiography called Grace, a memoir that Vanessa bought for me and I would recommend. If you yeah, like books, if, read this. Yeah, if you guys don't know who she is, you should Google her because you won't be disappointed. So mm-hmm. Grace's former assistant is this girl named Yvonne Bannigan. And mm-hmm. she was sentenced last week in New York to three years probation for allegedly making worth of unauthorized purchases on Grace's credit card. What? Yeah. And that's just the beginning. Because she's also accused of pocketing $9,000 in cash from the sale of Grace's personal items on luxury consignment site, The Real Real. Please sponsor us, The Real Real. Please sponsor us. We We need luxury items. We don't have any. We also don't have money. We need luxury sponsorship. (laughs) Yeah, we need a lot. We need a lot. Well, so did Yvonne, it seems, because Yvonne claims that it was actually all just a big misunderstanding. Hmm. And look, I I don't think that I believe that defense, but I can understand what they're basing it on. 
because I I, I don't understand. Well, I have been an assistant before. And what happens is you, yes, usually your boss gives you a credit card that you're authorized to use in their name, but they mean like, hey, pay my electric bill or take my car washed or like when you go out to get the, yeah, when you go out to get the entire office Starbucks, like don't worry about getting your own Starbucks, just tack your sad little $5 coffee onto the end of the order. Oh, they don't mean like go to Saks and redo your entire horrible H&M assistant wardrobe. Like, obviously, I, so I've never been an assistant, but I've, um, I've had like company cards. I've, yeah, I've managed like restaurants and bars. I never once thought it would be okay to just buy a bunch of shit for myself with the company card. It's for business expenses or things that they tell you to buy. I know. That's bonkers. The thing is, you know, she was out there buying like, Nine thousand. Well, she wasn't buying nine thousand dollars worth of stuff. She was selling nine thousand dollars worth of stuff on the real, real. And yeah, wait, I, I, I have go a question. Ahead. Go ahead. What's Do your question? Do you think that she advertised it as like Grace Coddington's like personal effects? I mean, I would be really curious because I feel like that would be such a selling point. You I know? would buy the shit out of Grace Coddington's like old jacket. Yeah. I think a lot of people would. And on the real, real, you know, these are people selling like Fendi, Chanel, Gucci bags. Yeah. It's not like uh, those things are cheap. I mean, $9,000 is probably like one item on the real, real. Oh, I didn't think of it that way because I was going to say, I think it's crazy that she only got three months probation when she grifted almost $60,000 or over $60,000. But that's what I'm saying. It might not have actually been that many it items. Could have that's been probably like why she got such a lenient cases. sentence. Yeah, it's yeah. probably the $53,564. Like that was probably like four dresses. Yeah, which is bonkers. But I guess that's the way it works. That is the way it works. Well, Jasmine, since we're on the topic of getting in over your head at work in order to fund your shopping addiction, do you know what time it is? Of course I do. It's time to race home and spend all of your spare time writing love letters to your ex that somehow get delivered across the country in just one day (laughs) while your twin sister attempts to make your unwitting hot older brother into a cub for cougars because this episode (laughs) begins right right now. The A-plot for Say Goodbye is something that has excited me for the last two months, and I'm not joking. (laughs) It is the wondrous, amazing, happy time story of toxic masculinity Todd moving away to Vermont and Liz having the sads over it and exhibiting truly disturbing codependency issues before, during, and after his move. The B-plot of this book is Jess getting a job at Perfect Match Computer Dating Service Agency, And naturally developing a scheme where she tries to orchestrate her brother's love life more to her liking. It's as weird as it sounds. And that's the real name of the place. That's the real name. We're (laughs) not exaggerating on any of this. It's hilarious. Exactly. So the book begins with Jess intruding into a sad Liz's room. Liz keeps claiming she'd rather be alone and mourn the fact that her stupid boyfriend toxic masculinity Todd is moving away to Vermont at the end of the week. Uh Jess is determined to cheer her sis up, even though we all know she's glad toxic masculinity Todd is moving away. 
because she thinks all sorts of hilarious things in her head, like, oh dear. (laughs) (laughs) And Todd had been nothing other than a drag when it came to her sister's social life. Which, (laughs) true. True. But, like all good manipulators, she keeps those thoughts private while she comes up with a good scheme. Mm-hmm. We get the info that Liz or that Enid has been, quote, like a sister to Todd since when? Yeah, that really came out of nowhere. Like, in a Crash Landing, Todd refers to her as one of the most decent girls. That's not how <laughs> That's I would right. describe my sister. I guess. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, Enid the Drip is throwing him a goodbye party at the beach disco named Beach Disco. I thought these chapters were pretty boring because we already knew most of this information from the last Mm -hmm. book. And then there's Mm -hmm. also a lot of retreading of memories Todd and Liz shared from other books prior to even book 22. So it gets a little tiring. Yeah, it was pretty boring. It's like a flashback episode on like a 2000 sitcom. Like, we've already right. a, seen all of this. You a guys clip just show. want to film again. Yeah, a clip show. It felt like even this early on in the book, the ghost writer was trying to, like, hit their page count. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it definitely, like, leaning very heavily on, like, the synopsis document I'm sure Francine Pascal had sent out. Like, I'll just <laughs> retype these things that have already yeah. been written. Yes. Gotta get that word count. Yeah, um, the only thing worth mentioning is that Jess is caught by her parents for having cheated nearly $100, or charged, not cheated, (laughs) nearly $100 on her parents' store account at Lisette's. Which, side note, why do they have a store account at Lisette's? Who's buying all those clothes? Who set that up? Was that Alice? Was that Ned? It was probably Ned. It was probably Ned for his mistress. So (laughs) Jess reveals that Lila Fowler made her do it. Proving our theory that Lila is an agent of chaos in Jess's life, so now oh, Jess totally. is on the hook to her parents for the money. Also, yeah, worst dad ever, Ned starts, like, negging Jess by sarcastically calling her a clever girl Ugh. and saying that he didn't think she realized that he works. Like, when she had, she's interned for him at the law firm. She's been his intern at the law firm. He's okay. such a doodag. Yeah, and I want to add, he's acting this way over $87.95, which I used an online inflation rate calculator to figure out would be $288.88 in today's money, which, Mm -hmm. yes, okay, that is more than I would spend on a skirt and blouse, mostly because skirts Mm -hmm. look so horrible on me, but Ned Mm -hmm. is acting like Jess secretly leased a new car in his name, and he really needs to calm down. Okay, First of all, he always needs to calm down. Yes, he does. I would spend $208.88 on a skirt and blouse if it was really cute. Sure. And I don't look gross on skirts. I look gross in shorts. So All right. Well, to each his own. I guess I'm just a little more budget friendly. Whatever. If it was I I prefer to spend my money on experiences, I guess I'll say. And I have to choose. If it was really cute, you would spend $200 on a top and shorts. Maybe. Maybe if it was a place where they give you champagne while you're shopping so you, like, yeah. forget and the for, value like, of money. for, like, an occasion, you know? Yeah. Anyway, All right. on to the next chapter. <laughs> At lunch, Enid the Drip tries to convince Elizabeth that she needs to stop moping and start thinking about dating other people. And I just have to say, uh-huh. if Enid the Drip is telling you to stop being a Debbie Downer, yeah. you yeah. really need to stop being a Debbie Downer. Things are getting serious. 
Because (laughs) Enid the Drip really came through with the solid advice for Liz. And I think we need to say what no Mm -hmm. child, but every adult who reads this book is thinking. Why don't Todd and Liz have a long distance open relationship? I mean, you know, toxic masculinity Todd would be all over that. Well, I will say he'd be all over himself dating other women, but definitely not Liz dating other men. That's true. That's really true. Yeah, he'd be like the kind of creep that's like, like five years into it, is like, let's like open our relationship. But God said that only I get to have more partners. (laughs) Yeah. Like some sister wife bullshit. Yeah, that's that's classic Todd move. Well, back in the B plot, Jess announces to Steven as they hang by their pool that in order to pay her parents back, she's gotten a job working as a part-time receptionist at Perfect Match Computer Dating Agency. Amazing. But no, not computers anymore, not in Sweet Valley. Yes, because it's 1985 and another person in Sweet Valley has procured a computer. So it's happening. wait, wait. You forgot to mention the really disturbing secret subplot touched on in this part of the book. Yeah, it's really disturbing. I need you to say it. It's so gross. Well, yeah, like we said, there's this disturbing segment where Jess is in a bathing suit by the pool and checks out her brother and thinks about how good looking he is. I mean, Jasmine, Jasmine just said barf. Our notes in the book say barf. There's no other word to describe this scene except barf. The Wakefields are just a barf family, honestly. Jess Mm -hmm. leaves this scene determined to set her hottie bro up with someone using the perfect match computer. Again, pretty sure that's not how computer works. But what do I know? I can barely work my iPhone. I also am not like super tech savvy. I regularly somehow download viruses on my MacBook Pro. (laughs) What? How? They're virus proof. I, that's what I thought. That's why I started downloading stuff off of, like, Pirate's Bay. I well, okay, there you go. Well, my friend's husband, who always fixes my computer, is so sick of my shit that I've, like, <laughs> stopped downloading stuff. <laughs> so, well, but oh, I'm not tech savvy at all, clearly. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, I'm telling you, that is not how a computer works. And if yeah. I know that, again, it's like an alcoholic telling you to stop drinking, you know? Yeah. We're both technologically deficient, and we can confirm that that's not how computers work. Ever. Ever. So then we're back in another conversation with someone trying to convince Liz to leave Todd. This time mm-hmm. it's hot brother Steven. Yes. And we discover that all of the photos hanging in her room have Todd in them, which is just a hilarious detail. Yeah, I'm like, what about Enid the Drip? Where is she in any of these photos? Poor Enid. I felt bad for her. She's standing just out of frame in each one, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, just like Enid, a little more to the left. A little more to the left. A little more to the left. She falls off a cliff. One more. (laughs) She falls (laughs) off a plane. (laughs) So. Steven uh, basically tells Liz in not so many words that she should think about an open relationship. Yeah. He he even tells her about something called Hometown Honeys in college. Yeah, that to me sounded like the way the producers of The Bachelor refer to the women who make it to hometowns on their call sheet. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. Don't you think? <clears throat> yeah. It's also apparently what freshman college boys call the person they leave behind at home 
when they go away to college and start banging whoever they want. But Liz is determined to be a square and stay exclusive with Todd. Ugh, so boring. I know. Well, next up, Jess spends some time alone in the Perfect Match computer dating service office, swiveling around in her swivel desk chair, doodling in her Elle Woods-esque heart-shaped notebook, and feeling like a glamorous career woman. These things are really in the book. Vanessa is not exaggerating. No, I'm really not, actually. Yeah. in the text. (laughs) They are in there. And these are the types of things that make me laugh when I read Sweet Valley High books. I mean, it's no wonder we loved them when we were younger because, you know, when these girls do go to work, it's basically an eight-year-old's idea of what having a job would be like. Yeah, except I still want a heart-shaped desk chair. Oh, me too. if anybody knows where to get one, please slide into my DMs and let me know. Yeah, please. So (laughs) Jess realizes after her boss Marianne leaves that the majority of their clients waiting to be matched are not men, but successful Mm. older women. And she gets an idea to inception them and funnel the best women to her brother, Steven, because he's still heartbroken over Trisha Martin, and she thinks Mm -hmm. he's too antisocial, and it's time for him to just be over it. Oh, also, her boss, Marianne, sounds cool as fuck. Yeah, she does. She's (laughs) 27, so she's younger than both of us and owns her own business. Okay. And kind of just, yeah, oh, okay. (laughs) Kind of just seems to spend the afternoon, like, gossiping with Jessica about Todd and Liz. Mm Mm-hmm. Marianne even wants to use Todd and Liz to be some sort of ad for the agency, which I don't really get because... Me neither. It kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah, it's weird. kind of breaking up. It's weird. Yeah. But, I mean, Jess, Jess kiboshes the idea anyway because they're too boring and sensible and thoughtful. Happy eye roll because they're actually none of those things. Right. But then Jess gets the idea to also set up Liz with Nicholas Morrow because he's always had a crush on Liz. And now with Todd out of the picture, Jess can finally have her shot at being the sister of someone dating a millionaire's son. It's <laughs> Teenage gold digging by proxy. It's amazing. It's amazing. And, you know, she's not all wrong in this plot. Mm. Let me give you an example. One of my close friends who I used to live with had so Mm -hmm. many guys who were so obsessed with her that they would always be bringing her these gifts, like, whenever they came to pick up for dates. And the guys actually started to feel bad for me. So they'd bring me (laughs) gifts, too. Not like the level of gifts that my friend was getting. That's hilarious because that's literally Jessica's entire plan. I know. And and then he'll think of her poor little twin and I'll get a present too. Right. You know, my friend would be getting something luxurious like a a Chanel bag or something. But, you know, they'd bring me like a nice little soy candle for my room. And it was nice. I took all those presents gladly. Can I ask you? Mm Mm-hmm. Is this the roommate who got left a cheesecake on your front porch? Yes, on her birthday. Mm -hmm. That was covered in ants and you made me take it to the trash? Well, yeah, I mean, it was pretty gross. Listeners, it was literally (laughs) black and moving. It was so thoroughly covered in ants. And there was like a a huge line of ants waiting to get on this cheesecake. Oh, God, it was so gross. Vanessa made me pick it up and take it to the trash can. Well, because he just left it on our front porch. He didn't set it on anything. It was just basically like on the ground. Table or anything. Yeah. And also, he didn't like ring your doorbell or knock on the door. He literally just set this 
very expensive cheesecake <laughs> on the ground outside in LA. Yeah. Maybe even the night before. Yeah, we're not sure. We're not sure the exact timeline, but we are sure that no one enjoyed that cheesecake. Well, the ants did. The ants did. Yeah, the ants definitely did. They loved it. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Disgusting. Uh, back at the beach disco named Beach Disco, Liz and Todd say their goodbyes, and Todd gives Liz a golden heart-shaped locket. Mm-hmm. Liz vows to never take it off, and they promise to write each other every day. I mean, it seems unrealistic, but sure. Sure. Okay, really quick, I just want to ask if there's any piece of jewelry, Jasmine, that you have that you never take off. Uh, no, my ears are too sensitive to sleep with earrings in, and I'm too poor to get like a gold necklace chain or anything that wouldn't irritate my neck if I slept in it. I mean, I'm just asking because not removing it ever seems like kind of a scrub move. I mean, I have a necklace. Shower. That's what I'm saying. I have a necklace my boyfriend gave me that I rarely take off, but I still take it off to shower and work out. Saying you'll never take it. Ew! Are you just doing this in hot yoga? You're just like wearing that necklace. Gross. Yeah. Well, saying you'll never take it off is like those girls who used to buy NSYNC's half-eaten pancakes off eBay. You know what I'm saying? Um, no. What? <laughs> okay, wait, you don't Did, remember that, really? What are you talking about? Of course I don't remember okay, that. Okay, so back in the height of NSYNC's fame, they used to, like, not be able to leave their half-eaten food at restaurants because crazy fans would steal <gasps> their spittle-covered pancakes <gasps> and sell them on eBay, and people <gasps> would buy them. What is this world? Why do you <laughs> yeah. know that? You didn't even like NSYNC. We were Hanson fans. Yeah, but I did spend way too many hours after school watching E! News, so I learned all of this dumb shit. That's gross, and I literally could have gone three lifetimes without knowing that. (laughs) But I agree, Liz never taking her gross necklace that probably isn't even real gold off is like that. (laughs) Thank you. Liz is acting like a crazed early 2000s NSYNC fan. We can all agree. So, after the glorious moment where Todd moves away, Liz becomes (laughs) Liz becomes obsessed with writing him a letter every day, and they're somehow getting delivered every day. It's it's very confusing. It's amazing. It's like actually bonkers. Yeah, it it makes no sense. She just becomes weirdly fixated on racing home after school every single day to write her letters to Todd. It's boring. I'm sick of talking about Todd. (laughs) <laughs> Let's talk about Jess. She's way more fun. Yeah. She's still trying to run her cougar scam by setting her brother up with older women from the agency with a computer. Yes. Um, But even she's starting to get annoyed with Liz and starts to push Liz and Nicholas together by hilariously orchestrating a new writing assignment for Liz through mm-hmm. always just a touch too eager to help out his students, Mr. Collins. Yeah, Jess gets Mr. Collins to assign Liz to cover the sailing regatta that Nicholas Morrow will be competing in this weekend. I didn't know what a regatta was. Uh I had to look it up just to be sure. It's a series of boat races. I mean, I used context clues, but I also didn't know. Okay, well, I pretty much was using context clues. I knew it (laughs) was like a thing like a boat race, but just one of those rich person things that I'm like, I don't actually know. 
Right. A regatta could be like crashing boats into each other. <laughs> we have no idea. We have no idea what billionaires do for fun. It could get <laughs> yeah. very strange. They're all just well, obsessed with going to space. <laughs> Meanwhile, just before the regatta, Stephen is starting to wonder why all of these older women are calling him. Because mm-hmm. Jess made all of the women promise not to say where they got Stephen's number from. Hilarious. So Stephen starts to think he met these women somewhere and he doesn't remember. And he basically starts to think that he's going insane. It's very, very, very funny. <laughs> it's very funny. He's like, he's not into these older women. I mean, they're like, it's not like they're like grandmas. They're like 40-year-old right. women, like late 30s. But Stephen is like an 18-year-old boy. Yes. So I don't know why Jess thinks this is going to work. Well, she thinks oh, it's going to work of the because gold. of money. I was going to say, yeah, the, the <laughs> gold digging angle. Yeah. But I just think it's so funny that all these women are like, sure, dating, computer dating agency that I paid money to sign up for. I won't say how I, like, met you. I'll just start calling this person. Right. It's bonkers. It, it's bonkers. Yeah. It's very but funny. Everything always is with Jess. <laughs> so fun. Back at the races, Nicholas Morrow is being his usual creep self. Yeah, wait, pause. Let's talk about what a creep Nicholas Morrow is. Yes, let's. He's at least 18, at a least. successful entrepreneur. He does stuff like win sailing regattas on the weekends. So why is he mm-hmm. into a high school girl? It's also, it's not like, oh, we're like, you know, we grew up together. She's a few years younger. We're like dating. Uh, he, no, no, he, like, doesn't even know Liz, and he's obsessed with her. It's truly bonkers. Yeah, it's pretty weird. Like, this whole time, since book number 14, Deceptions. Nine he books was just, ago. Yeah, he was just <laughs> pretending to be okay with being just friends with Liz. Ugh. But has secretly been in love with her this whole time. He is no better than Beta Cuck Winston Egbert at this point. I don't care how tall and rich he is. He's acting like being a woman's friend is a punishment somehow. It's fucking lame. And let's not forget that Nicholas tells Liz the secret name of his boat is my favorite twin as he makes very intense eye contact with her. And I would just like to say goodbye, creep. Goodbye. I hate it. That would be enough for me to just like not answer the phone when he called again. Right. Me too. Like if I did answer since I have caller ID, I'd just pretend to be my twin. (laughs) she's not home right now I know they're always doing that all the time anyway but they never do it when they need to yeah but yeah the Wakefield twins have no survival instinct so Liz just keeps hanging out with Nicholas even after the sailing regatta and don't forget we have a Bruce Patman sighting at the sailing regatta he walks up talks like a soap opera villain and he has wet hair (laughs) right because he just went swimming uh-huh. In the marina? I'm where? Why? With all the boats about to race each other? It seems like it's going to be crowded in there and dangerous. And also, swimming in harbors is so fucking disgusting. Ugh. Like, what are I, you? Where did you just go swimming? Why is it's... your hair wet? <laughs> and also, we don't even get a mention of his tiny bathing suit. So I guess this isn't technically a Bruce's tiny dick alert. Ugh. Major bummer. But maybe producer Candace, if you wanted to, you could still put in the Bruce's tiny dick <laughs> Just if you want to, though. Well, Bruce reminds Liz of Todd, and she realizes she has to go home and write another letter. 
Jesus Christ. (laughs) It's getting out of control now. Thankfully, Jess uses her... Jess uses her proximity to a million, or she senses her proximity to a millionaire might be slipping. So she Mm -hmm. pops up literally out of nowhere. No, like actually from like underneath a table. (laughs) Or like out of a She just like jumps up. And she convinces her sister to go to the after party on the morrow's yacht. This sounds like a very fun after party. There's like daytime champagne for teenagers. And also Mm -hmm. it's on a yacht. Probably pretty fun. Right. Uh, I'd go. At the yacht party, Nicholas asks Liz to make sure he looks good in her article. And again, I am just left wondering how and why adults in Sweet Valley know about the Oracle, the high school Where newspaper. Where are they getting copies? Where? How are you getting it? It's very bizarre. Next up, we have way too much of Liz's internal dialogue about missing Todd and excerpts mm-hmm. from their actual letters back and forth to each other, which are so, so boring. boring. The only funny thing to happen is that Jess considers, then rejects, going to Lila's upcoming party with Nicholas's cousin <laughs> Jeffrey because he's a poor relation. This is so funny. <laughs> It's amazing. I'm like, first, so I think she, like, discerns that he's a poor cousin because he's, like, an archaeologist. Right. Which I high-key think is just, like, a rich person, like, hobby job. Yeah. But Uh, we do get a great insult because Jess calls him Dusty. She's like, the more he talks, the dustier he gets. That's so funny. That's that's great. using that. (laughs) Jess also has enough time in this chapter to intercept a phone call from Todd where she refers to him to his face as <laughs> the problem. It's quite good. <laughs> it was very good. Um, I'm just going to call him that when I need a shorthand for toxic masculinity Todd from now on. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. So Jess basically tells him that Liz has turned into a messy, sad, pathetic freak who makes everyone around her sad every time he calls. And, I mean, she's not totally lying. No, I don't think she's lying at all. Yeah. But anyway, dumbass Todd plays right into her hands and gets that very heavy-handed hint to just not call anymore. Which, I don't think that that was necessarily what Jess was saying. But, okay, but you know what? There. Nothing ever gets in the way of Jess and her gold digging, even if it is one step removed. So now with Todd out of the picture, Liz has time to go on guilt-free dates with Nicholas. I mean, really, her and Todd should just try the open relationship thing. It's like, it's not for everyone, but mm. what was their plan? To just never date anybody else in high school? Yeah, it's... it's weird. You know, this way, you know, if they did do that, Liz could do her Kennedy family reenactment dates with Nicholas. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, they literally go from a sailing regatta to a yacht to a horseback riding date. And Co- Todd can just go do very, whatever the fuck in Taylor Vermont. Swift. Yeah. Oh, by whatever he wants in Vermont, do you mean New York, Regina? Yeah, well, spoiler alert, but not really because these books were written 35 years ago. Yeah, and we already recapped Special Christmas. <laughs> right. We but know what happens. We all know what happens. And if you don't, now you do. Yeah. Again, these books came out 35 years ago. Read them or don't. And also, if you haven't read these books, it's 
weird that you're listening to this podcast. Why would you like this? Jasmine, don't say that. We need all 12 listeners. I don't care what they're listening. Please continue listening, even if you haven't ever read Sweet Valley High. I just think it's weird. But thank you for listening. (laughs) I guess. Yeah, thanks for listening. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Most importantly, they're not listening anymore. They've turned it off. Yeah, they're like trying to dox us online right now. Perfect. (laughs) Anyway, Todd can stay in Vermont forever because nobody wants his dumbass back in Sweet Valley. And by nobody, I mean me. And Jess, actually. (laughs) And a lot of people, probably. Whatever. And even though I think it's weird that Nicholas is like creeping on this one specific high school girl, Mm -hmm. when he he takes Liz out to the movies – he asks if, if he can put his arm around her shoulders, and I think that that's pretty cute because we can all agree that there's nothing hotter than a guy who practices consent. Agree. Although at yeah, this he- point, I might be going back on thinking an open relationship might work for Liz and Todd because, mm-hmm. I mean, Todd's only been gone about two weeks at this point, and Liz is super horny for Nicholas. Like, geez. <laughs> Just break up. Maybe you just want to date other dudes and that's okay too. Yeah. Maybe you just need like a boyfriend. It doesn't have to be that boyfriend who's 2,000 miles away. Right. I'm just Sounds like you might be a serial monogamist. That's fine. That's okay. I mean, I personally find it annoying, but that's (laughs) fine. You're not really like harming anybody in doing it. Well, Todd's letters stop coming. Liz's Mm. work is going downhill at the Oracle. Whatever that means. Uh, Which means she can't finish a gossip column that's just her repeating rumors. (laughs) She's already heard about other people. Like, so we're queer. Exactly. That's what she does at the Oracle. And now it's time for Lila Fowler's party, which Steven is going to because she personally called Steven and told him she needed college-aged dudes at this party. (laughs) Which is hilarious. And also, there is no mention of Drake Howard. Her extremely questionable college-age boyfriend that we learned of in the last book and have never heard of before or since. Yes, and before that happens, one of the funniest things in the book does. Let's not forget. Oh, right. Yes, this is amazing. A visit to the Wakefield's front door from a character who is now suddenly called Jody McGuire after having been referred to as Jordan Maguire for the entirety of the book previous to this scene. I, like, I don't get why Liz lets this woman into their house. Uh-huh. If some weirdo showed up at home and asked for our brother, I'd be like, sorry, lady, <laughs> wrong house. Yeah, this also, woman has loose cannon written all over her. Yeah. And Stephen is supremely confused as to how this older woman dressed in head-to-toe leather with long nails whom Mm -hmm. Elizabeth isn't sure if she has a foreign accent or a toothache. (laughs) I mean, I I love that character description. Like, that's (laughs) one of my favorites, like, thus far. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. And Stephen doesn't even know who this woman is. I I don't get what Jess's plan was. What was the plan? She was just sending this stranger to their house and being like, ask for Stephen. Yes. so weird. Well, so... Wait, I have to say this. Jordan slash Jody like, lights a cigarette and then just throws the lit match on their patio, (laughs) which I think is amazing. It was magnifique. 
So then Jordan slash Jody breaks the news to Steven that they've been set up by Perfect Match Computer Dating Service Agency mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. as Jess arrives home and they all know who to blame for all of these random cougars trying to turn <laughs> Steven into their cub for the last two weeks. It's amazing. Jordan slash Jody leaves unsatisfied and returns 25 years later as friend of the New York housewives, Barb. Mm, I don't think that's true. Well, it's true in my crossover fanfic of this book in Real Housewives of New York, which is basically just this episode of this podcast. I actually would read the hell out of that. So if you ever <laughs> want to like start writing that, I bet you probably a lot of our listeners would like that too. Well, if maybe. you like this trash, you probably like Bravo too. <laughs> exactly. So over at old flat-faced Lila Fowler's party, Liz shows up with Nicholas. But you're skipping over some really good stuff, like when Lila tells Jess she doesn't know what the theme should be, but that her cousin just had a hospital-themed party after Hmm. getting out her appendix. Mm -hmm. And Jess doesn't like that idea because she assumes she'd have to dress as a thermometer. She's so bad at costumes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if there's a hospital-themed party... And you are a teenage gold digger, you would dress as a sexy nurse. Yeah. Not as a thermometer. Dress as anything else in the hospital. Like, what is that costume? Just never forget green trash bag elf costume. She's (laughs) bad at costumes. (laughs) Okay, so back at Lila's party, guess who shows up for a dumb, quote, surprise visit? Because it's not a surprise. Right. Because before he left, Todd was like, I'll be back in like three weeks to help my dad run errands. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so Todd shows up. Guess who he sees lost in the rhythm of the middle of the dance floor? Well, I already know because I read the book. Do you want to guess, though? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Okay, it's Liz and Nicholas. Mm-hmm. Now, this is toxic masculinity Todd that we're talking about. So, of course, he runs away, like, very upset. Yeah, and I think it's important to mention that he's wearing a blazer and cords to a high school party. Uh, I I assume he must have just come straight from his Young Republicans meeting. That's for sure what happens. (laughs) So, Liz makes Nicholas drive her home. She changes into her sad sweatpants and, like, puts a ponytail back on. (laughs) Drives around town trying to find Todd. Mm -hmm. She eventually finds him. They have a heart-to-heart and decide to break up but always love each other. It's fucking So they do essentially decide to have a don't-ask-don't-tell style open relationship, but this is 1985, so nobody knew what to call it or even knew about that stuff back then. I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I wasn't born Least of all these nerds. (laughs) Right. Cords to a fucking party. (laughs) And, oh, also, let us not forget that for no reason other than she can't go to a party alone, and I guess her brother date was busy, (laughs) Jess uses the computer dating service to find herself a date slash pretty much just a ride for the evening. Yes. Uh, That's right. He's a real serial killer type named Spence Millgate. It's a no thank you from me based on name alone. Yeah. Okay. So this guy lies on his computer dating application mm-hmm. and then spends 
the entire evening talking about how he wants to be a mortician and how fun embalming the body sounds. <laughs> and like, Jasmine what? now is not joking. This is really in the book. This ghostwriter, I don't know who they are. They are a troll and I love it. I love it. Oh, one more thing. On the way to the party, Stephen stops to help a woman whose car has a flat tire. Mm-hmm. It is Kara Walker and... The two of them bond over her parents' divorce and arrive at the party together. It's very convoluted, as it always is, at the end of these books. Yes. And Dare poster child Betsy Martin, older sister of Trisha Martin, who was Mm -hmm. Stephen's girlfriend who died of leukemia back in book number 15, Promises, Mm -hmm. has somehow scored an invite to this party. Yeah. Like, Jess runs into Betsy and is... Surprised in her head that Betsy's new dress doesn't look like trash, which was a funny little side note. Yep. And like always, the plot for the next book is hastily set up when Betsy sees Kara and Steven dancing and enjoying themselves at the party and flips her shit out on both of them in front of everyone, making Steven feel guilty just for enjoying life. Yeah. And so Jess, being like the actual only ride or die in this family, (laughs) is angry with Miller Point car threesome Betsy and thinks, (laughs) once a trash bag, always a trash bag. That's right. Unless, of course, I need to turn you into my elf costume because then you're my elf costume. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. But she does vow to set Betsy straight once and for all. So That's right. The most important thing is I'm just so, 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 so happy that toxic masculinity Todd is gone forever. Wee! Maybe more heart music here, producer Candace. Wee! <laughs> well, he's not gone forever, but we'll get there. Can you, can you just let me have this? Okay. Okay. Well, now that that's all settled, let's rate this little book. Jasmine, what's your rating? I give this book a perfect score. It is okay. my first ten. <laughs> you all know why. Goodbye, Kyle. <laughs> Also, so many of the details were hilarious, like Jordan slash Jody's full leather pant and jacket combo in oh, Southern so California. Funny. Like, so you would funny. Actually, like drop dead, like yeah. heat stroke. There's no way. <laughs> There's absolutely um, no way. Something we never really touched on in our discussion, but the third woman who just tries to cub Steven to, we never actually meet. She right. decides she quote likes food more than men. And yeah, like she's my Steven hero. Number. Yeah, I mean, same girl. I get it. And also the pointless discussion of a potential party theme that never comes to fruition. This is a perfect book. <laughs> yeah, I give this book a seven. It was, like you said, it was actually pretty well written and hilarious. But there were a lot of filler pages recapping stuff from other book, like way more than usual. Um, but on the plus side, there was also a decent amount of what I like to imagine is the ghostwriter trolling us and or Francine Pascal with so many funny images like Jess popping up out of nowhere anytime money is mentioned. Like we already mentioned Lila's hospital theme party idea. Um, Jess just like quitting the dating service agency without any payoff of her like scamming and stealing people's information was pretty funny. No, she just, like, made the $100 to pay her parents back and was like, okay. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now it's time for a round of Fuck, Mary Kill. And everyone mm-hmm. listening, 
please play along with us on Twitter and let us know your choices too. Yeah. Okay. So, Jasmine, it's your turn this month. Fuck, Mary kill. Your choices are Winston Egbert's dad, Nicholas Morrow, Jordan slash Jodie McGuire. Fuck, Mary kill. Go. Uh, you always make these so easy. Obviously, <laughs> Mary Nicholas Morrow. Right. Have I learned, have I learned nothing from my teenage gold digger, Jess. He's a millionaire. He might be super sprung on my sister, but I get to live in that mansion. <laughs> right. Mary Nicholas. Fuck Jordan slash Jody. Mm, purely because she has like a full leather outfit and I mean, seems kind of fun. Right. She seemed to be and, fixated on people's energies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a twist that happens. <laughs> She's like, you're all like harshing my vibe. Yeah. I'm like, she seems to be under the influence of drugs. Yeah. So <laughs> fuck her and kill Winston Egbert's dad because you created Beta Cuck Winston Egbert. You are clearly evil. Yes. And he's in this book because he's helping Todd's family sell their oh, house yeah. and him and Todd's Somehow, dad are like, like tight. Todd and Winston's dads are best friends. Of course they are. Actually, right. that does make sense. All right, guys. Two trash men made two more trash men. It makes perfect sense. (laughs) Makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. But I think we're at the end of our book discussion. So so too. Why don't you guys be sure to come back and listen next month when we'll be discussing book twenty-four memories, where it seems like Betsy Martin is definitely going to continue to all the way lose her shit. Hopefully, at the shady lady. We can only hope. So, Sweet Valley Highnesses, including our theme song, is produced by producer Candace Silva. Make sure you go see her in Palm Springs. You'll regret it if you don't. That's Flash House. You can follow us and listen on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Just search us by name, Sweet Valley Highnesses. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at SB High Podcast on both, to stay updated on all things Wakefield. Oh, also? Yes. Uh, we're at 97 Instagram followers, and I am aware that that's not very good, <laughs> but we're going to do a really fun giveaway when we get 100 followers, uh-huh. so please follow us, and I'm literally begging you to please leave us a nice review. A nice one. Not a mean one. Not a one star. Just not a, nice a two one. star. A five that's star. mean. Just keep it moving if you don't like it that much, okay? Just don't listen. Nobody cares. <laughs> don't listen. There are links to all of those things on our website, sweetvalleypodcast.com. If you have questions, comments, or want to open up to us to let us know how you escaped a codependent teen relationship, you can email svhighpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Sweet Valley Podcast.